Hey everyone, welcome to the Spin Podcast. I'm Reggie, and episode four features Melbourne band RVG, and this was recorded in my apartment in Pasadena, California. Hi, this is Everything Everything. This is Roddy from Idlewell. You're listening to The Spin. You're listening to The Spin. Hi everybody, this is Juan Waters. This is Chassie. We are Napier. You're listening to The Spin. With Reggie. All right, so, how do you want to start the story? <laughs> Oh, hi there, guys. Welcome to the fourth episode of The Spin. I'm Reggie, and today's guest is RVG, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Um, so I'm currently hanging in my apartment in Pasadena, and man, has it been super hot the last week. It's funny because the way I kind of write down my skeleton of my intro, I kind of write down what's going on in LA and the music world. And the last time I wrote this was about last week and then have been busy ever since. But I started procrastinating because I was spiraling into the vortex that is Kanye and trying to find last minute tickets to LCD sound system versus the yeah, yeah, yeah's at the Hollywood Bowl. But luckily enough, this angel... Angel rose down and she basically hit me up and told me she had free tickets to go see LCD Sound System versus the Yeah Yeah Yeah's. As a huge LCD and Yeah Yeah Yeah's fan, I was so stoked. As much as I give so much shit to the city, LA, I, I hate the traffic. People are fucking rude sometimes. But there's like this magical days and nights that happen, right? Where it's like you think you're going to just stay at home and record your podcast intro or do some writing or do some productive thing. You always have a friend that'll pull through and just you end up in at the Hollywood Bowl watching LCD Sound System and the AAS. And for that, I am forever grateful. I feel like this doesn't normally happen in any of the other cities that I've lived in. I feel like like there's always an element of surprise in LA and you never know where, where you're going to end up at the end of the evening. Thank you, LA. Thank you, my buddies, for hooking me up for with an amazing ticket. My feet and my whole right leg was bruised because I was dancing like a dumbass and that is totally okay with me. Um, so today I was sitting around having a cup of tea and I realized, oh fuck, we're halfway done with 2018. And 2018 has been a strange year for politics. It's been a strong one for women with the Me Too movement, but it's been extra special for albums that have come out in 2018. We have a full other year to go. We've only gone done with six months. So I thought I'd list off of some of my favorite albums that I've noticed in the early 2018. So we're going to start off in January. So after four years of their last album, Nicki Knack, Two and Yards released I Can Feel You Creep Into My Private Life. What a great album, especially with social media, Instagram, and Facebook. You could definitely creep on any ex of yours or anybody that you have not spoken to in a while. So great Great, great, great album name. <laughs> and then we have the hardest working musician out in the alt world. Ty Seagal has yet again released a new album called Freedom's Goblin. It's kind of crazy because I feel like seeing Ty Seagal finish so many albums for himself and Fuzz and all his side projects and like always being a guest on other friends' albums... I have to really question how much coffee he drinks because I need to have the same kind of energy to finish this kind of shit. Like he tours and makes these albums and then is a guest on all these shows and still makes incredible music. 
So anyways, his new album is Freedom Goblins, and you could find that anywhere. And he's a huge Permanent Records fan in Highland Park. I've seen him before. Never approached him because I get really nervous, but yeah, he's always in there. So now the Talking Heads, David Byrne, also released a new album called American Utopia, and it's and he's also now touring all over the states for it. So if you get a chance, see one of the Talking Heads. And also, UK Darlings, Arctic Monkeys, actually released their newest album, I believe a few days ago, called Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. I actually get really excited about every album these guys put out because I feel like they're... I don't want to compare them to the Beatles. I would never compare anyone to the Beatles. But I do feel like they have ranged so differently from the first two albums to all the other albums that they put out. So I can't wait to hear what this one sounds like. I just feel like it's going to be so different from AM. AM was more of an R&B twist, kind of sexy and sultry, but kind of a breakup album. So let's see how what the next step is for these guys. And also, the same exact day that Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino got released from Arctic Monkeys, Beach House released another album called Seven. I feel like Beach House is one of those bands that I still, I'm catching up to. I know the first few albums, but I'm now catching up to, what is it? Depression Cherry. And it was Thank Your Lucky Stars that that were both released in 2015. So this is how far back I am with this kind of stuff. And it's like, boom, you haven't caught up to that? Here's another one. Seven album. So yeah, they released the same day as um, Arctic Monkeys released their album. And just to list off a few, because if I were to talk about every single album, we'd be here for a minute. So here's the rest of the albums that have been released in 2018 that I've been very excited about. So Titus Andronicus with A Productive Cough, Soccer Mommy with album Clean, of Montreal released White is Relic, and Young Fathers released Coco Sugar. I think you needed to see the album cover for that one. It's a Grace Jones album cover, but she's has this weird look in her mouth. You have to check it out. It's so interesting. And also, Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes released Francis Trouble. We also have the editors. They released Violence. Yola Tango released There's a Riot Going On. Mount Erie released Now Only. Thunder Thundercat, Funky Thundercat released Drank. Jack White's uh, Boating House Reach got released this year as well. Preoccupations released new material. And I actually have some bad news with these guys. They're friends of ours. Um, I got lucky enough to get in contact with their PR person. I was trying to have an episode with the Preoccupations while they were in town. And I'm going to see them at one of their sold out shows at the Echo in Echo Park. And unfortunately, in San Francisco, they got their van broken into and got $30,000 of their gear with their sound person's gear stolen from them for the second time in a week. I actually have the link to their um, GoFundMe account just in case you want to help out another music lover or or you really love the preoccupations. They're, I gotta say, they are still finishing up their tour and doing their LA gigs this weekend without any gear. I'm sure they're lucky enough to have buddies that'll lend them gear, but it's just so unfortunate because these musicians really bring everything that they have with them, including their gear, and assholes break into their vans and steal their stuff, their stuff that they're working really hard on. So if you do feel like helping someone out, go ahead and go to that GoFundMe account. I will be posting it on our social media. 
Okay, enough about that. We have more albums coming up that have been released. Frankie Cosmos with Vessels. Unknown Mortar Orchestra got, um, released Sex and Food. King Tough released The Other. And lastly, Speedy Ortiz released Twerpers. And this is just five months, dudes, into the year of 2018. We still have the rest of 2018 to look forward to. I can't wait. Anyway, we have some exciting news for the Spin Podcast. We are heading to Washington to cover Sasquatch Festival. The lineup includes Bon Ivar, Thundercat, Whitney, Pawn, Spoon, Grizzly Bear, Pup, Girlpool, The National. I mean, the list goes on. And it takes place from May 25th to May 27th at the Gorge Amphitheater, which I heard is incredible in Washington. Tickets to this lovely festival are still available at sasquatchfestival.com. So if you're interested in going, there are totally tickets available for it. So today's episode has been one of my favorite interviews I've ever set up. Today's guest is Melbourne, Australia's RVG, and the band consists of Ruben on guitar, Angus on bass, and then Mark on drums and Rami on vocals and guitar. I was really excited to get the chance to interview RVG because they were the very first band I saw in Melbourne when I moved there. I was actually trying to be as social as possible because I was such a loner in that city. I moved there with no friends, no job, no home. I think the first few weeks that I was living in Australia, I was living at a hostel just to kind of get on my feet and kind of go from there. And one of my hostel mates had mentioned that there was a music venue in Collingwood called The Tote. And I stepped inside The Tote and it was just so mucky and like the floors are very sticky. It kind of reminded me of what the Echo used to be in Echo Park. So I went by myself. I met a ton of lovely Australians. And in the middle of the bar area, there was a band playing. And I was so mesmerized by them because everyone else was. It was like the most packed house and everyone was like sweating and there was like a guy that had his elbow on my neck and everyone was just so into seeing them perform in this small little space. And I remember being like, wow, this band's really rad. And I think I just really loved how everyone was very just in tune with the music. And I think that was a moment that I had fallen in love with the Melbourne music scene. I was like broke, <laughs> no home and no friends, but I was like, fuck. If I could do this at least once a week and go to a gig and everyone's this interested, I definitely want to stay here. So long story short, I went to the same music venue a year later and went to with a friend now. And he invited me to this band called RVG's album release gig at the Tote, but it was a bigger stage that they have in the back. And they had released Equality of Mercy, which was last year under our Golden Friends Records, and are now currently our guests for this episode. So for me, it's more of a full circle kind of thing. I got to interview them when they were just starting out and when I was starting out in Australia. And now it's like I'm back in LA and they are fully touring. Now they're currently on in a European tour with a band called Shame and they're also opening up for the US girls. So it's really incredible to see them from beginning stages, when I was in my beginning stage, to like them now kicking ass and then now having them on my podcast. It's been very humbling and very amazing. So this episode was recorded in my little shitty Pasadena apartment. It was such an intimate and chill interview. I was so happy to have these guys at my home. So we just pulled up some chairs in my dining room and just had a couple mimosas and chatted about music and we spoke about 
touring around the states and a lot about Melbourne music scene. And over a couple mimosas, we got to really open up and chat and hang out. So this is an interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed doing it. Here's RVG. This always happens, I'm assuming. That, yeah, huh? this has happened before. Yeah. Never he wants to seem like he's a quiet one, but in reality, he just starts like... Yeah. The awkward one. Alright guys, so we're officially starting. Welcome to my house in Pasadena. I know it was a bit of a trek, about 20 minutes or so to get here. No traffic though. No, no, the traffic was, was pretty clear. Yeah. Still very inconvenient, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, no, I, so it, it could be worse. It could be like an hour away just because of traffic. Isn't mm. that insane? Yeah, it's amazing. The whole freeway system is terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. Like today I went to pick up my brother, which he's helping me out now. And um, <laughs> he lives like 30 minutes away. But honestly, I thought... I was gonna like die like three times. I thought I was gonna get like five heart attacks on mm -hmm. that go. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> anyway, so welcome to LA. Is this the first time you guys are performing in Los Angeles as a band? Um, yeah. Second. Yeah. Well, yeah, second. We were here earlier in the month. Okay. Played Hyperion Tavern oh. with uh, Don Bowles uh, from the Germs mm -hmm. spinning vinyl, like some obscure 70s bubblegum pop. Fun. Yeah. I feel like the LA is one of those cities that probably got stuck in the 60s and 70s. Feels like the 90s here. Yeah. You think so? See, yeah. I think we Melbourne. I think Melbourne is stuck in the 90s, but in, really? in a good way. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a bit more of a fashionable 90s, a bit more of a sleeker 90s. LA is the kind of dirty 90s. So one time I got drunk in Melbourne, like walking back home, I took this note that I found like two weeks later, and I put, Melbourne looks like a 90s cartoon. It does, in a sense, like with all like the um, stick-out banners and everything. There's something about it that just like reminds you of the '90s, almost like Portland. Like, yeah, I think I think Melbourne and Portland have some comparisons, don't they? Yeah, I think people people say that it's sort of similar. But, that should yeah. be your sister city. What's your sister city for Melbourne? I don't even know. Uh, sure. Yes, that's somewhere in Europe. Everyone says Berlin. Yeah, everyone yeah, says Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because I feel like I know people that move from Melbourne to Berlin afterwards. So. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. And um, you guys performed at South by Southwest. How is, is that everyone's first South by Southwest as well? Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah. First. How, how is that? And last. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard actually that, that negative side to South by Southwest, because it's supposed to be really kind of influential in the sense where you do get to be around a lot of other musicians and a lot of fans, but it's like, I've heard the bad side to it as well for musicians. Yeah. It's good. I mean, you kind of go in there and you play as much as you can to a bunch of, you know, older, yeah. fancier people. People that have never seen you before. <clears throat> but at the same yeah. time, it is it is a struggle to but, get through it. Yeah. The Uber drivers talk way too much. Do <laughs> 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 they? Why are they just going on about how crazy? They probably just want some sane people in their cars. That's yeah. what it is. And you guys are come with your accents, and they're like, oh my god, someone really, really interesting to talk about. Yeah, we're a moving target with an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how many gigs were you guys playing, like, you guys were there for the week, I'm assuming. Yeah, it we wasn't did. a ridiculous amount of gigs. We did uh, eight. 
eight in the week, I think. I think nine. Seven, eight or nine. Eight, nine. Yeah. So in one day, you probably did two then. <laughs> we, did we did three, three in, one, in one day. Three in one yeah. day. Holy shit. Oh my God, that's a lot yeah. of... You know, you meet bands that are doing 16, 17 ones, so it's like... Yeah. It's still kind of middle ground. Yeah. And any? did you guys have any downtime? Did you get to see any of the music, um, bands that are performing at South by South? Yeah, we saw a few, but... We kind of spent our downtime, like, we were sharing a big house with another band called Totally Mild from Melbourne. So our downtime would sort of just go back there and hang out, and they're our good friends, Mm -hmm. so it was kind of nice to get away from it all when we could. Yeah. But we saw a really good band which were playing before us at our first gig at South By called uh, French Vanilla. French Vanilla. Oh, cool. Um, And then we saw them... uh, Yeah, they were amazing. Later, or last week... At um, whereabouts? Was at it? the Echoplex supporting yeah. ESG. Yeah. Oh, oh ESG is so amazing. Yeah. Did you guys dance? Like, I'm, I'm hoping that there was actually people dancing. Oh, yeah. over here. Like, I guess <laughs> someone did dance over here. Was it the, no, ESG is great. The Melbourne yeah, nod. Yeah, the Melbourne nod. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just kind of like one yeah. of these. Yeah, the head <laughs> nodding. Yeah. Um, and with all the traveling that you guys have done, um, because you guys have been in New York, LA, and then Texas. Where else did you guys stop by? That's, that's it. That's yeah. it. So yeah. three of the major cities. Um, did you guys have to like crash out in a lot of friends' couches, or were you just like sleeping on tour buses, or did you get lucky and get some Airbnb? Well, luckily, Airbnb. we've got a <laughs> yeah. awesome management which looks after us. Oh no, <laughs> she's smiling in the background over there. So we 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 got really good houses yeah. and. Um, <laughs> t- there were dramas with some of the houses, but yeah. with flooding of toilets. Yeah, very, very intense Texan man who ran the Airbnb in Austin, and when the toilet started flooding, he kind of came around with like a big vacuum cleaner and I don't know a lot of towels, and it was all. He was trying to vacuum the water. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it was. It was. It and was some awesome. solids. <laughs> That's incredible. I would think Texan men are like, let me fix this. And they just bring out their screwdriver and just fixes it, but I guess not. Um, so given that you guys all flew in from Melbourne and you guys are signed under, is it our golden friend? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I was actually curious about this because I was like, it's probably super fucking expensive to bring a band out from Australia all the way over yes, here. Yes, it very much is. Yeah, so um, I was curious because this is, I've heard this just through friends. I'm not even sure if this is like, Correct, but I heard that Australia has kind of like a program to bring musicians into the states so they could travel around. Um, I don't think we did anything. No, we didn't anything like that. There's, you know, there's 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 the kind of benefit of having grants and stuff in in Australia, which you know a lot of our friends use to get over there because it's so expensive that you know we have access to a few avenues, but. Yeah. In the end of the day, a lot of it comes from shows oh, and from, okay. from merch stuff. as well. Obviously. From merch, yeah, yeah. big one. Merch is a big one. It's it's very it's very expensive, but I don't know. It's worth it. It's really fun to come here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard for some reason. I it's this is when I just moved in and um, moved to Australia. And one of my friends was working at the North Pit social social room. Oh, yeah. He was saying that Corny Barnett used to work there. Yeah. And that she, like, her band actually got lucky enough when they first started touring in the States was through that grant. But I know, like, budgets got cut a lot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're different now, I think. Yeah. It's different governments, yeah. much more, you know, obviously 
conservative governments don't really want to spend money on left-wing bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. And um, it's funny because I feel like with Courtney Barnett being huge and then now King Gizzard and the Lizard yeah. Wizard, they're just, like, kicking ass. And then Tame Impala just blew it out of the water a few years ago. I feel like all my American friends are all of a sudden, like, wow, there's so many good bands in Australia. And then I'm like, yeah, they've been there. It's just, uh, do you think it has to do because now they're starting to tour more now or is it because of the internet? Um, I think it's, I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that, you know, Corny Barnett and King Gazette came over here and did like the hard yards in the first place. And I think that's kind of, that's definitely opened the door for bands like us to come in. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was quite different six or seven years ago I don't think it would nobody would have bothered except for in excess in excess yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. you know I don't I think uh, you know a lot more Americans know the know the difference between Australia and New Zealand now so yeah. that's kind of you know I think it's to do with bands like that I mean, yeah it's pretty incredible yeah and for me it's exciting because it's like I will always consider Melbourne and like Australia my second home. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to see kind of like my worlds colliding, like my friends from here are now listening to like Australian bands. So yeah. when I knew that you guys were coming into town, I was like, there goes another one. Like finally, yeah. like at least they're all bridging together. Yeah. Because like living there, it's I don't know anything other than just being surrounded by what I'm around, which is going to yeah. the tote for a gig, going to like a bunch of venues around there. Um, and given that you guys are signed under our Golden rec- uh, Friend Records, is there any other artists from Melbourne that are pretty pretty good that are just up and coming on that roster? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a few yes. things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where are they located? A, uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, Thornbury. Thornbury. <laughs> okay, cool. And yeah. you guys are currently living in Preston, right? Are most of you? Uh, yeah, Remy and I used to yeah. share a house with some other people in Preston. Oh, I and love then, Preston. Yeah, Mark's I'm in Preston. Mark's in Preston. Yeah. I'm in Thornbury. Thornbury, Thornbury yeah. Oh, la di da. Preston. I'm Preston. on the Paris side of Preston, to be fair. Oh, almost kissing while they're mm. suburb. Um, it's Reservoir. It's like, who's Preston Reservoir? I'm on the... Good side of Bell Street. Oh, okay. (laughs) Preston's great because I feel like it's one of those um, suburbs that's you could still buy some sort of property there, or you could live. (laughs) Not anymore. Shit! Within the year that I've been gone. Yeah. 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 I mean. No, it's happening yeah, I think you're, you're talking to the wrong people about buying property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm just assuming you guys live in a house in Preston. Like, in LA, you will see this. No one that I at least know, like, live in a home that they're actually, like, renting out for, like, a good price. Mm. I'm just like, fuck, man, take me back to Australia or Melbourne. But now, tell me that it's not possible. Oh, there's still, there's still a few places. Yeah. yeah I don't you can know. find them. I mean, there is, a, is it a common thing to... To share, like have share houses here? Yeah, so um, yeah, even in the apartment that I'm in now, it's like my apartment, but I have a housemate as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's it's a share house is a thing, but yeah. it's harder to do it in LA because most of the houses are already bought by really wealthy people mm-hmm. and they're like, so, like renting it out for a ridiculous amount like yeah. almost like impossible that everyone's like fuck that I'd rather get an apartment like, <laughs> I'd rather I mean not having a yard isn't great but what are you gonna do yeah um so 
Let's see. Um, so since I've lived in Melbourne for that year, and one of the reasons why I moved there was because of the incredible music scene. Any other, like, Melbourneian artists that you guys think that are kicking ass right now that are pretty local? There's a band oh. called Hextet, which I really, I think, is doing amazing things at the moment. Uh, they're, they're definitely the bands that everyone in Melbourne is kind of, like, latched onto at this point in time. And yeah. I, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. Before we before we left for the trip, we did three shows at a little venue called the Old Bar in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, the and Old Bar, yeah. Each of the three nights, we had a different local support. And they were all bands that we really liked. So, oh. yeah, the first one was a band called Parsnip. They're really good. And yeah. the second, Time for Dreams. They were so good. And then, yeah, the third... Mark's wearing a t-shirt, spotting. They're like awesome, kind of synth punk. Oh, synth punk course. band. But yeah, the first band, Parsnip, is like a 60s, uh, like authentic 60s garage yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Time for Dreams, what would you call that? Sort of two-piece, dark wave kind of sort of feel. Hate, hate rock infused. Hate rock kind of Dubby something like that. Sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 So diverse. It's, like, it's, it's so much good stuff, and it's so much good stuff at that at the smaller level. Like I feel like I don't know LA, but yeah. I feel like it's quite rare in a lot of other cities to yeah. have like an entry point for a lot of bands, and yeah. that's kind of what it makes. Like I could name like a hundred bands that are yeah. brilliant, yeah, um, and kind of you know, or or kind of just starting out, and it's it's so bizarre. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first moved there, the drones, like, would have yeah. these random shows yeah. and then would sell it out within, like, hours of them, like, hey, we're playing at this place. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, who are the drones? I didn't know coming from L.A. And I went there and I saw them. I think it was, like, during Melbourne Music Week or something. And they played mm. at the town hall. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whole, like... They're incredible. They, like, just kicked ass but then every, I feel like every musician and every big band in Melbourne has like side projects as well he has Tropical Fuckstorm as well right seems to and be then, like the, the, yeah, the next stage of, yeah. of his kind of musical evolution he's yeah. always done that though I think he's always kind of had moved you know had different kind of projects yeah and it's funny because mm. the first time that I actually saw you guys was accidental. I think I, I had just moved in and then I was like super fucking jet lag because I'm sure you yeah. guys could relate to this. The jet oh lag my God, we, we don't is... know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most yeah I know that I'm getting like one fourth of the year now. Yeah. I'm happy with that. <laughs> no, but I, I was super jet lagged and I was like at my hostel or something and I was like, I need to do something. Like I need to just get out of this hostel. Mm. And I ended up, someone told me that the tilt was... Um, they have music and I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. And they're like, yeah, it's just really grimy. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. I love grimy yeah. places. So I went and um, I met this random girl named Gabrielle Cohen, which oh, is yeah. another Melbourne artist. And yeah. she's like, I'm here to see this band called RVG. All right. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. but this was like back in like 20... 2015, 2016 maybe. 2016. And you guys were playing. So there's that, that meet because they have three stages. And they have the one that you could perform in the bar area. Yeah, front bar. We were in the bar. You guys were in the bar, yeah. That was kind of the first kind of packed out gig for us, really. That was kind of the beginning of everything. Yeah, but it was so fun because I, like, there is a stranger's, like, elbow in my fucking neck. And I'm like, I guess we're going to get comfortable, like, and I like it. I'll tell you a story about that gig. Yeah. I was playing at an 
old drummer who I used to play with in a band. Yeah. Who I haven't hadn't talked to for a year because he's a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. Stood on a chair and stared at me for the entirety of that gig. It was so intense. Oh shit. And I had the worst time. Oh no. <laughs> I had the greatest time, sorry. No, 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 but it was it was kind of like I was like, oh there's this musician that was there to see another musician and I instantly felt kind of like a love and like support for like yeah. within the music community there and I was like, oh I'm just it was kind of like a moment for me like I'm so happy I'm here just because yeah. people are just so keen on just going to each other's gigs and yeah. But um and then so I, I hardly caught your name, I forget, at that first gig. And then a year later, my friend Sam was like, hey, there's a bat, like a year exactly, didn't <laughs> like exactly March, a year? March, early March, was it like six, yeah. early March, yeah. yeah and, and he was like, hey, there's a gig um, happening at the Tote, and then um, there's this band called RVG that's performing, and I was like, why have, this feels like another, I feel like I've gone through this before. And it was your um, release album for Equality of Mercy, and... Uh, Packed, completely yeah, packed. Yeah, I think the door person let a hundred more people than he should have let in. It yeah. was inc- <laughs> it was the sweatiest, grossest show I've ever been to in Melbourne. It was awesome. Um, but I noticed that, like Rami, with you, like there is a transition from like the beginning to like end. Yeah. And I was, um, I was, like, I. It's a very, I know, sensitive topic to talk about, and feel like to stop me at any point or whatever. Yeah, of course. But. Was that year kind of like a transition from like 2016 and 2017, like a transition for you? Because you, like, I feel like when I first saw you, it was almost yeah. like a different person. And then a year after, you were just so fucking like comfortable with yourself and you were just like such a music babe in general. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has changed a lot. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is like, you know, part of it is just kind of being in a band and that ha- that happens naturally. Like, yeah. I've never really challenged myself in a lot of ways. But then part yeah. of it is, like, kind of the personal yeah. development. Yeah, totally. And it keeps moving. I think, you know, where we are now mm-hmm. as a band... Well, where I am as now as a musician is in in this band is very different to... Mm-hmm. You know, that could get the front bar of the toe. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. And you could just feel it from, like, the whole vibe of, like, yeah. all the guests that were there. But Totally. Yeah, but I um I was just so impressed with how... You just, I don't know, I feel like you just kind of took the crowd and you were just so comfortable in your own skin in that sense, as opposed to the first time that I saw you. But yeah. now that I know what had <laughs> happened on the first maybe, day... Maybe, maybe you caught me on the off day, no. Yeah. Um, no, but no, it is, it is definitely easier. I mean, definitely, you know, um, you know, that's the whole thing about transitioning and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's very, it's very much like... Yeah, it's easy now. You yeah. Know, it's very, it's much an easier, but it was, it was very hard to get to that point. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, I started transitioning around the same time that the band started. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, my mentality at the time was kind of like, I don't know if this, be- I'm going to be able to do this mm-hmm. in the future, like six months down the track. And, um, fortunately I have been able to do that and it's yeah. gotten stronger. It's made me more of a stronger person but it's made us as a stronger kind of unit as well so how was it with your band as well like coming to that realization like did you did they know right off the bat like this is what i'm gonna do (laughs) no (laughs) no um no they 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 were fine with it i suppose i don't know everyone's kind of 
initially awkward and then everybody stops being as awkward, you know? Yeah. But it's good. I, I mean, I just kind of didn't, you know, you don't know how other people are going to react. You don't know how people around you are going to react, the music scene around you is going to react. But, yeah. Um, Melbourne is a very positive place. Liberal place, which is why I loved it. It's amazing. So and I, I wish, I almost wish transitioning wasn't such a taboo topic. I wish that, like, mm. everyone said everything they had to say about, like, transitioning. That way it could just become a conversation at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. A, there's a certain delicacy to it. Yeah. But delicacy? Delicate nature to it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, if you don't talk about it, then people don't hear about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, I'm super just impressed with how gracefully you've taken everything as well. And it's just, I think... Yeah. That's how I knew, like, the last time that I saw you guys, that you guys were really tight, and as a band as well. Yeah. It was because, I, it's so beautiful, because I saw you from, like, beginning to, like, the end now, and it's yeah. just, like, I was, like, so impressed with just how supportive, like, the Melbourne music scene was, and how great you guys vibe together on stage because of that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's really, that, that, that tote gig, the, the album launch in the tote band room was possibly the best gig we've ever played and part it was most you know partly because up like to up to that point i mean there's been others but they've been equally as heartwarming <laughs> yeah. but that one was uh, was really quite important because like there was everybody you know there there's friends but there's also lots of people from bands that we respect and mm. yeah. and it felt very community based <laughs> and i guess that kind of community kind of feeling has kind of gotten us to the point where we were able to kind of play here, you know, in, yeah. in LA, and kind of it's kind of a really been a really great launching pad for us to kind yeah. of, you know. And it's so funny. Things. I feel like I went as a fan to that show, and now it's like, no, you guys are sitting in my apartment yeah, because brilliant. of Melbourne and everything. Um, and you guys had released a quality of mercy, mercy back in that um, that release gig. Um, how was that like stages? to get to actually recording it and then to releasing it like where did you guys record it and how long did it take you in total <laughs> it's just wild started recording pretty quickly mm -hmm. the songs went i think like a lot of the songs weren't finished by the time we were recording yeah and, um but then the recording process was kind of a bit experimental Yes, it took it a probably while. Took a while. We did yeah. it. At, we did it at the tote in the band room there. So you guys did it. Yeah. That place, like, there should be some sort of fucking like statues. No, they'll it. get a big hand <laughs> if you do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't need any more props. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only because it was free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we Oh, get, so you guys got to record it for free? Well, Gus recorded we it. We did it. Gus um, oh, and it only so cost we got us. a technician in the house. I didn't know Ooh. that. I work at the time. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you work your bartender at the... No, it does sound. Oh, you're the sound guy for the tote. Oh, I shit. I did, did manage the bar for years. Yeah. Yeah, so yes, have an insider. Yeah. But we, we recorded that album on, on the floor of the tote over... God, six to eight months, probably. Shit. Um, but we didn't spend much time. We just went in there, and then there was gaps of two months where I was like, hey, we should really finish that album. And yeah. then no reply. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, we, it only cost us about... 150 200 dollars to make that record. Fucking amazing. That is yeah. honestly, I've worked at a record label for like half a year or something, and I like learned the logistic for what mm -hmm. what makes like making an album. 
And the fact that you guys did it for 200 bucks. The mental oh. cost. The mental cost. The mental <laughs> cost was more expensive than the actual <laughs> yes, cost. Yes, and cheap labor. <laughs> yeah, cheap labor. <laughs> I think we gave you some money at the end. I think you said, like, I want some money because I've, I've, I've done a lot of work. We're like, okay, here's, here's, here's $100 or something like that. I'll get you a beer next time, too. I'll get you a pot. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. So you guys recorded in, in at the tote. And, like, who is a... Like, who are the people that are, do you guys share writing down the lyrics? Um, no? no, I write all the lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I wouldn't let anyone else do that. <laughs> no, but I just wouldn't. We're very much involved in the production side of things. And yeah, and the, the way that, of things. The way the lyrics are kind of Delivered. sung sort yeah. of thing. We have had a lot to do with that. Yeah. And, and is it, since you guys do play a lot of um, Melbourne venues, is it kind of nice to kind of branch out and play to different audiences in different cities, in a sense? Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a bit scary, I think. Like, yeah. I'm very used to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've kind of been playing in Melbourne for a while, and we kind of play bigger and bigger venues, and we have, like, a really good support network in Melbourne. And coming here has been very much, like, felt a bit like starting again, sort of. Some gigs are easier than others. Like, yeah. you know, like... Playing at that little Hyperion Tavern felt pretty fun and sort of free because it's just like the sound straight off the amps and stuff. But then like there's there were some gigs in Austin at South by that kind of felt a bit funny where it's like one in the morning and you've got a really drunk guy at the front being like yeah. <laughs> that was South, that's, that's South by Southwest know, that's in South general. Southwest. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's, it's weird to see how people will react yeah. to the music. I mean, our music is very um, it's very British and it's very Australian at the same time and. Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't understand how the U.S. works quite. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't either. <laughs> and I'm from the States. Um, so what has been your favorite gig so far, do you think, from this tour? Hmm. I really like, there was, there was, the first one at South by Southwest was really good. Yeah. Really oh, yeah, that, that was really at, at Barracuda, that was really fun. And oh, Barracuda's a Charlie. great mm. album. Cheer Up Charlie's great, oh, yeah, too, yeah. 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 I just really liked the first one because it was so at Hyperion because it was so surreal. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, we're playing overseas now. Yeah. Uh, in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait for you guys to be performing at the bootleg because I feel like maybe that you're saying that this is the Hyperion one's your favorite, but I think the bootleg's going to be your yeah, favorite. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. It's kind of the, yeah. first, it's the first show that's kind of going to be, you know, feel like ours. Yeah. I mean, all the other shows we're playing, we've been like, supporting or have been part of kind of a, a bigger group of um our Australian friends. Mm-hmm. Australian um yeah. And yeah. this one feels like we you know, we've chosen the 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 support acts and we've kind of got you know, it's, it feels like ours, which is exciting. Yeah. And um yeah, I'm just excited that you guys are actually sharing your music also with like different crowds, like especially South by South. Mm-hmm. As shitty as it is for the artist, I know how much how tiring it is and how cramped it is with people. Random people are basically going to be showing up to your gigs that are like, oh, I guess there's a gig going on, and they end up like loving you, and you have like a new yeah. life for the yeah. rest of your musical career. And some odd, odd types coming up to oh, us, yeah. like some like big like trucker looking <laughs> <laughs> blokes coming up and like I want good... to buy all your merch. Yeah. 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 Oh. See, yeah, it's like a good si- it's a good sign when someone comes up to you and be like, "I've seen you three times." It's <laughs> you're like, "Oh, that's good." You've, yeah, that's um, yeah. You're stalking me. <laughs> yes. So, what do you think is like the ultimate dream for RBG? Well, not ultimate. Maybe I shouldn't say that because 
That's a hard question. But more, what do you think will make you happy if you get it accomplished in the next year as a band? We're making another album pretty much as soon as we get back. So that'll oh, feel really yeah. good. At the toe again? No. no. Is this gonna... <laughs> I was like, That's is he going to be doing it? We're going to get on a karaoke machine. That's the ultimate goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I yeah, we're gonna make another album when we get back and oh, we're gonna do some and then straight after we make that album we're gonna go to Europe, which will be great. Oh wow. And so yeah. I guess like, you know, just with I mean we don't really have big goals of what we do. We don't kind of set ourselves out for much of a plan, but yeah. I mean we've really liked coming to America and we're probably gonna really enjoy Europe and I think we wanna keep doing that yeah. as much as we can I think to, get to, yeah. to get to travel playing music is always pretty exciting I think yeah. it's like yeah it's kind of enough for us right even now even though to you're kind of dying of a, of a jet lag but it's okay what's <laughs> fun is that I you know yeah. in Australia I just sit on the floor of my room yeah. eating two minute noodles watching <laughs> watching scrubs or something like that so this is much better this is yeah. a much better position to be in yeah yeah and I feel like maybe yeah. England is gonna absolutely adore you guys as well I think that your music's made for England as well. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time and trekking all the way down to Dirty Dina, Pasadena. <laughs> Dirty Dina. <laughs> no, you guys know what Pasadena is actually called. And oh, wow. um, I can't wait to see you guys perform at the um, bootleg. So thank you so much. And Thanks very thank much. Thank you very much. Of course, guys. Thanks. All right, that was so good. Thanks, awesome. guys. That was so easy, too. You guys were an easy interview. I've had some, some tough cookies. Really? Yeah. A huge hug to my buddy Dan Grimsland for being an editing wizard and putting every episode of The Spin together. Also, a big kiss from 10,000 miles away to RVG for coming down to Dirty Dina and chatting about music and about their latest album, A Quality of Mercy, where you could find on iTunes, Spotify, and Bandcamp. I've also compiled a playlist of RVG's current favorite bands and some of their lovely tunes on there as well. You can find that playlist on Spotify under the spin-rvg playlist. That's the space spin-rvg space playlist. And you can find past guest playlists on that same Spotify page. I'll be sharing it on our social media and feel free to follow us on our social media. We have Instagram and Facebook now and we're under the spin podcast. I'll leave you, sweeties, with a song from RVG called IBM. But until next time, see you guys. Bye. 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 I never know how to say bye appropriately. Bye.
You better 